America, what's going on out there? Shout out to the world, shout out to the world. So hello and welcome to the inaugural uh, episode of The Knowledge, Ancient Mysteries, and My Stories podcast. My name is Mayat Arm Khan and I'll be your host throughout our journey. The book that was recently published by Makusa Arm Khan is a complete work of truth, enlightenment, spiritual understanding, and most importantly, acts as a study guide to lead you down a path of truth while providing a closer reach unto your true self. We'll be going through the book page by page in order to answer any possible questions, provide clarity, and or take deep dives into certain subject matters in the project. In creating this podcast, I felt it only right to do an interview with Professor Khan in hopes that this will clear up a lot of background information in regards to the author, let you know who Makusa is and where he's come from. Also touch on things for, like example, his rejection of the Christian faith when he was a very young man. After the interview, please stand by. There will be instructions on how you can get your copy of the book so you'll be able to follow along and receive the message. So go ahead and sit back and enjoy a presentation to help you understand just who Makusa Armkan is. And welcome everyone, welcome. Inaugural episode coming up. As I said before, we thought it would be a good thing to do an interview with uh, Makusa Armkan. Uh, but right before we get into this, I'm uh, sitting around the table with Miss Zita Khan. I'm here with Makusa Arm Khan, and uh, how you doing, Zita? How's things going today? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. And Pops, things going good for you? Yeah, slow motion. Slow motion, he says, slow motion. Well, good. Well, we're going to get into this thing, but uh, we'll probably start um, all of our episodes, you know, doing a little round table. Once we start getting questions from you folks or we start getting mail written in or anything like that, this will be the time that we do bring that up. We'll discuss it as a roundtable, um, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of whatever we have to talk about. So, um, are you are you ready, Z? I'm ready. You ready, Kusa? I'm ready. All right, let's make this shit happen. All right, so it looks like the first order of business is going to be, um, first of all, thanking you. You know, for sitting down. I know, you know, your time is very precious and you're still trying to do God's work. So we appreciate the time. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Let's just start from your childhood. Um, anything that you'd like to touch on as far as that? Uh, my childhood started when I was about four years old. I can remember back that far when my sister came home. I was the baby at the time. My sister came home. And uh, I realized that there was something else in the home outside me. I come from a family of 12. I was number 11. And uh, I had three brothers, eight sisters. But my brothers was much older than I was, so I never had a chance to be around them much. I was a lonely child. And uh, I always wanted for my brothers to be near, but I had one brother that still lived in Virginia. I had another brother that was in the Army. 
And then my brother, William, he was in jail in Virginia uh, due to the Jim Crow era. He got 15 years for stepping on a quarter that belonged to a white man. So my life was always a strain. I really wanted to be around my brothers, but I learned to live around my sisters. That's really deep, man. It's really deep, wanting to be around your bros, but had to make do with your sisters. And bless their hearts. Quick moment of silence. Sylvia and Helen, we love you. All right, let's move along, keeping it with family. Let's talk about family in the church, Pop. Well, when I was a young kid, I guess around seven or eight, my father belonged to a church called the Lily of the Valley. And he wanted to start his own church. So he left the Lily of the Valley, started his new church. It was called Little Bethany Holiness Church. The church was always a problem for me. I didn't understand the whole situation about religion. And uh, I was a rebellious child because I really didn't want to be in the church. I had to go to church on Sundays. I had to go to church on Wednesdays. I had to go to church on Fridays. It was nothing but church, church, church. I really wanted my father to teach me certain things so I could grow up to be responsible. And it never was my idea to be part of the church as far as me being a deacon or anything like that. So the church was a real problem for me. But it was never a problem for my brothers because they was a lot older than me, so they never was involved with the church. But my sisters was always there. And like the church was always a problem for me. I never understood what the concept and what I was supposed to do as a member of the church. I was a preacher's kid, so I really had a problem in, in, in the community. I never really uh, fit in because uh, they used to call me the preacher's kid. And all my friends called me the preacher's kid. And I didn't want it. I just wanted to be a normal kid. So it was a real problem for me. I rebelled against it. And I fought my mother all the way till I was 17 years old. 17 years old, trying to be an individual and not just go along with the masses. Yeah, that's tough. Definitely tough. Let's uh, switch lanes a little bit. Let's uh, talk about the knowledge as a standalone. You know, because we hear that you can attain knowledge but you speak of the knowledge so talk to me a little bit about your path towards that knowledge well my path towards the knowledge started when i be became a cashier at scepter which was a transportation company i used to drive a bus but I wanted to go into the subway so I could read and study it. And my path towards the knowledge came when I started studying the Black Panthers, Elgis Cleaver, all of the black movements. And I studied them, trying to understand them. I met my wife about 1972. And uh, we visited Minnesota, 
at that particular time, I was working in the subway, trying to understand the situation of what the black uh, uh, revolution was all about. While I was in Minnesota, I met a group of brothers. They had black names. They all seemed to love one another. They would gather at this community center and discuss certain things about our community. They inspired me. They taught me what it was to be a real black man. It was to honor your family, strive to improve your culture, and get rid of all the trappings that were attached to slavery. That's when I decided to change my name because they had changed their names. After I changed my name in my heart, I started telling people, certain people, that I had changed my name. And finally, one day after work, I went to my mother's home and I told her, I said, mother, I'm changing my name and I'm leaving the city. I don't know where I'm going yet, but I'm gonna follow my heart and try to find out the answers that I need. I need to find out what the church is all about. I need to find out who I am and what is my purpose? And she kind of agreed with me. She said, you go find the answers that you need. And then once you find, you get in touch with me and we'll get together and we'll talk about it. I left Philadelphia in late 1973 and didn't know where we was going. I thought we was going to Hawaii because my wife had a sister there. But we ended up in Minnesota for about two months. After those two months, we decided to go to Denver. And uh, why Denver, I do not know. I think it was because uh, my wife had a brother who had lived in Denver, and he said it would probably be a nice place for y'all to start over. I landed in Denver. Immediately, I introduced myself as Makusa Aramkan. Makusa is a word meaning the water. Aram means the light. The light which illuminates you, enlightens you. And Khan means prince or king. A lot of the brothers who I met in Denver at that particular time were really enthused by my name. And they wondered, you know, why and who and why I changed my name. And I explained to him that I wanted to be closer to my black roots. I got a job working at this nightclub. It was called the Inner City. And at this nightclub, I met a brother by the name of Gerald Hilliard. He became Obaya Sana Jabu. Me and him one day went to the mountains. And while we was in the mountains, we talked about certain things of our life. And all of a sudden, we heard a voice on this mountain, believe it or not. And the voice said, I got work for y'all to do down below. Old Jabu, as I called him, said, did you hear that? I said, yeah. He said, well, let's go. We got in his girlfriend's VW, it was a yellow VW. 
and we went down the mountains. He dropped me off at my house. And he said, I see you tomorrow, brother. That morning, that next morning I got up, something pushed me to go downtown on Koufax and Broadway. There had been a bookstore that we used to frequently go to. Not for really any reason, but just, it was a bookstore that, that we would go through and look around in books. At this bookstore, I bought two books. One of the books was called The Cipher of Genesis. The other book was called The Book of Forth. The Cipher of Genesis was a book on the Kabbalah. It was the way Moses taught his people. And the Book of Thoth was a book of ancient Egyptian knowledge. It was the way that the ancient Egyptians learned their truths. I took the cipher of Genesis and I gave it to Jabu. He had the knowledge of the Kabbalah that Moses taught his people. When Moses left out of Egypt, he took the Kabbalah with him. That's the reason, that's the true reason that Pharaoh ran after him. Not because he wanted to keep him enslaved. He wanted to get the knowledge that Moses had taken out of Egypt, which was the Kabbalah, back. But as the forces that be stopped him from going and capturing the Jews. That's why within the Jewish religion, there's a remnant of an ancient culture. It is the Egyptian culture, a black culture. The knowledge of the Book of Thoth was very, very complicated for me. But I struggled through it. That's when I realized that I had come in contact with the knowledge. The knowledge of an ancient civilization, which they call the Kabbalah in the Jewish religion. Heavy lifting. Appreciate that explanation, Pops. Definitely. So what's been funny as, you know, we switch lanes again is that people come up to me now and they be like, oh, your pops wrote a book, your pops wrote a book. And I know that this isn't your first book, but I think there needs to be some clarity given on your other publications that have been out there. So please. I first started writing many, many years ago, but I really didn't have nothing to write about. I wrote a book that was still in manuscript called The Eon Writes the Way It Is. It was a book of poetry. But once I started learning the knowledge, I wanted to write about what I had learned and what I was learning. My first book that I published was called The Message to the New Age with a look through black eyes. The new age was the age that was coming in called the age of Aquarius. And I wanted people to understand, especially black people, that this age was the age of information that was coming in. And I wanted the people to see the un and understand the knowledge through black eyes. That's why I call it the eon writes the way it is. And I look through black eyes. A message to the new age with a look through black eyes. And that book was a, it was really revolutionary, a, a, a revolutionary because I, uh, at that particular time, was an angry, angry brother. And even though there was a lot of knowledge in it that I had learned, it had a 
sort of a a vibe to it that I really don't feel today that was necessary. So even though the book has a lot of wisdom in it that people can use, I wouldn't want them to read that book first. I would want them to read the, the knowledge, the ancient mysteries and my stories first. I also wrote a, a, a play and it was called Up Above My Head. And the, the play Up Above My Head came from the experience that me and Jabu experienced on this mountaintop, 14,260 feet in the air. And it was a book about a black messiah. It was a book about a man who had come to earth and God chose him to be the Christ. His name was Nemo Watson. And the play was an inspiration for me because it changed my outlook on things. I knew a woman in Aurora City Council. Her name was Barbara Bannister. And she said, why don't you submit your play to, these, uh, to, the, to the city council because they're going to produce a, a play or, or some book. So if you uh, uh, submit your play, who knows, you might be able to put your play on with the funds that's coming from the Aurora City Council. So I said, okay. I submitted the play. It was like 15 other entries. And the, my play didn't win. But my play came in second. The first, uh, the winner of the, of, of the contest was the memoirs of Martin Luther King. So I didn't mind losers to him. But the new book, The Knowledge, The Ancient Mysteries and My Stories, this book I wrote is meant to shake up religion. It's a book I believe that's going to change the world for the better, for all those who accept it. This book is not for everybody, but it is a book that is an important book, I believe. And this book is the one that I'm trying to present to the world before I leave the planet. And I need to get this book done so that people can experience the inner understanding of this book. Because this book, I believe, is my magnum opus, which means my great work. Wow. Wow, yeah, I would have to agree. This is your great work. I've read Message, I've read the play. And this one hits a little different. Let's move to current events. Uh, let's talk to the people about what Makusa has going on currently. Well, at this particular time, I'm retired. And most of my days are filled up with studying, trying to improve my intellect. Because there's only one thing that you're going to take off this planet when you leave. And that's understanding. That's insight. That's consciousness. That's all you're going to take. So if you can feed your consciousness, then you're setting yourself up for the next step in human evolution after death. And so my days are filled up with, 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 with uh, studying and trying to get this book out 
to all those who want it and all those who accept it. And on preparing to put together a hardback copy to send out to certain individuals, especially my family, so that it, it can be an heirloom in the family, so that they can keep it and pass it down. Because this book may not be for our time. This book may not be for my grandchildren's time, but it will be passed through the family and at some point in the evolution of the Khan family, there will be someone who will pick this book up and read it, whether it's in the Khan's family or either in my original family. Somebody will pick this book up and hopefully continue the path that I walk, which is the path of self-realization. I know that's right. I mean, I, I completely understand that. And I think that that's one of the reasons that you made all this happen is because we do want it to be an heirloom to hand down. We do want these teachings to be something that is just for us, you know, to pass to those, as you say, who want to know. So it's, it's amazing. Um, the true self, Pop. This took me a long time to grasp, even being around you for so long. But the true self is, is a very you know, complex idea as far as your duties to yourself in the world as to what is going to be next in your life. So can you touch on the true self for us, please? The purpose of life is to become self-realized. Earth is not a playground. It is a place that you come in order for your spiritual self to experience a physical reality. And this is what all souls have to do. In each one of us, there is a true self. This true self is your purpose. And your purpose is not what you do to earn a living. You earn a living by being a rapper, an actor, a bus driver, and so forth. But that is not your purpose. That is what you do to earn a living. Your purpose is very, very complex. It is each one, in each one of us, there is a true self. And this true self is why you were born, what you're supposed to do while you're here. And then once you understand what you're supposed to do while you're here, then you're supposed to go out into the world and make a difference. That's what your true self is. That's your true purpose on the planet. And it takes years and it takes many different incarnations in order to reach and understand that true self. Some people progress along the path quicker than others. They call those old souls when they come back because they experience so many different things. All souls come from the gulf is a Jewish word meaning the Hall of Souls. And each soul has to evolve and become self-realized. It may take 10, 20, 30 lifetimes in order for you to come to the realization of that. But as you progress, you continue to grow, spiritually speaking, 
incarnation after incarnation after incarnation. And once you reach that level, as the Hindus call a Buddhisattva, he is one who has reached the level of understanding where he understands his purpose. And then the next step for a Buddhisattva is one who becomes the Buddha. The Buddha is a Hindu word meaning the Christ. It means the same thing as what Jesus was. Jesus was the Christ, Buddha was the Christ. It just happened in two different parts of the world. So you can have a lot to look forward to in your life because either you can be set aside until all other souls have reached the same consciousness and the level of, of evolution that you have, or you can be returned back into the world in order to help your less fortunate brothers to evolve. Your true self is the main purpose that you were born on this earth. And we all need to focus on our true self, which is finding our purpose and why we came here. Finding our purpose and why we came here. It's tough to wrap your mind around some of this stuff, but I appreciate you speaking your truth, our truth. And um, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Any final words you may have? Um, talk about what's next for you. What's next for Makusa? I really don't know. It's up to our creator. I call it the mother. Some people call it the father. Some people call it the son. So my purpose is to follow the path that was given me and to do the will of that which sent me here, whatever that may be. It may be another book. It may be a speaking engagement. It may be nothing. This could be my, my final curtain. But whatever it is, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. To all those who are on the path, seek self and self alone. Ask yourself questions. The self knows all. The self is identical to Christ. And Christ is identical to God. Each one of us have that spark in us that can turn into a flame. Seek self and self alone. Wander alone. You don't need a lot of friends when you're walking on the path towards enlightenment. You need self-realization. You need focus. You don't need a gang. You don't need nobody to walk with. I had Jabu, but God took him from me because he was disobedient. And I had to walk this path alone. Now, I didn't say I was lonely. I said, you have to walk this path alone. And to all those who are seeking truth and understanding, fear not. The powers that be will walk with you. Seek thyself and thyself alone. Words of the wise. Thank you, Makusa. Thank you, Pops. Um, I hope everyone took a little something away from this, even if you know my father very well, or if you don't know him at all, I hope it was very interesting for you. Gonna have some uh, links that we do post along with this as far as where you can email 
And as I said before, we're about to run down to you how to go ahead and get yourself a copy of the book so you can go ahead and follow along with us. Okay, so information on how to get your copy of the book. First of all, the book is $20, regardless if you're using Cash App, regardless if you're going to send a check, regardless if you're going to use PayPal. So $20 for the copy of the book. If you're going to send a check, money order, cash, please send it to P.O. Box 372-424, Denver, Colorado, 80237. And that will be to M... A Khan, just like Makusa Arm Khan. Once again, M A Khan. So if you want to send check, cash, money order, P.O. Box 372-424, Denver, Colorado, 80237. If you're gonna use Cash App, just use Makusa Khan. Just get that M-U-C-U-S-S-A-K-H-A-N. And the same is going to be for PayPal. Also, once you do place your order and your funds have been sent, either reach out to Mayot's Facebook page, reach out to the Ancient Mystery Facebook page, and please direct message your information, being your name, being your address. If you'd like to add a phone number, we can always use that. But that way, we can mail it to the correct address. There's no additional funds that need to be uh, put besides the $20 that will include your mailing. Other than that, hurry up and get them in because the podcast about to be pumping. We need y'all following along. We need listener mail. We need questions. We need reviews. We need all of that. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you were inspired. I hope you learned something. Once again, I am your host, Mayak Khan. And we'll see you here next time on the Knowledge, Ancient Mysteries, and My Stories podcast.